you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you're feeling like me and you feel like just keep on keep on worshiping and come along tonight. <laughs> we'll have some more time just to just to stop and just worship our, our Savior. Uh, it really is a, a privilege to introduce uh, Pastor Alan this morning and uh, ask him to come and share. Uh, Pastor Alan first came here, I think, about ten years ago, somewhere around there. And uh, some of you, who's who's heard Pastor Alan speak before? Maybe, uh, men's breakfast yesterday, maybe. Um, we had a great time. Uh, he actually shared one of the sessions at the conference too. And uh, I was just blessed to have some time with Pastor Alan and Cleofi on, on uh, Friday, I think that was. Um, and just hearing more of their story and their journey, um, uh, their patience in before they got married and the eight years of waiting. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's just such a, a humble and gentle-hearted guy uh, with an absolute passion for God. Um, God's used him in amazing ways. The CRC in the Philippines really started through his relationship with Pastor Barry Silverback and the churches that have been planted and gone out and the lives that have been touched because of his faithfulness to God's call in his life. Um, it's just fantastic. So I just want to ask you to welcome Pastor Alan this morning as he comes and shares the word with us. So thank you, Pastor. Every time I wear this type of microphone, my daughter will always ask me what you're going to do, like uh, Bruno Mars, uh, <laughs> Justin Bieber, or Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay, uh, it's, I'm glad to be here with my wife for the second time. We've been here uh, 10 years ago. And uh, it's good to see some familiar faces. I've been to the Philippines. Firstly, before I share, I would like to thank you all for what you have done to our nation, praying, coming alongside with us, and helping the work in the Philippines, and even what you have been doing in other fields as well. And I believe that what, that's, that is what God has called every local church, to be involved uh, globally, even though we are working locally or doing most of our stuff locally, but to have a global impact in, in the world as a local church. And um, it doesn't matter whether we are big or small, as long as we are part of uh, the body of Christ and uh, we need to be part or in partnership with what God is doing in the world. Amen? Man, so I will just be, I'll be moving just a bit slow, <laughs> but at the same time, I would like to be uh, sensitive or hearing what God will be saying to us this morning. Uh, firstly, I've been serving the Lord for the last 31 years, so I started when I was uh, 19, and I responded to the call of God during that time. And my main role from the beginning, even up to this time, is to simply help God's people, helping God's people, serving leaders, uh, encouraging believers, training in different ways. Uh, that's my main call, although they call me different things. And, but that's my main role in the kingdom of God, to be of a help to the body or to the believers. Now, I started as a young Christian serving the Lord for the first uh, seven and a half years 
of my Christian service when I started in the ministry. So I experienced how to be a church worker, children's worker, youth worker, youth leader, assistant to the pastor, and then um, became a pastor myself, starting a work, pioneering a work, and this all happened in the first seven and a half years of, of my life as a Christian. And I started when I was 19. And it was uh, very challenging during those days because uh, to serve the Lord as a young guy is not so popular in, in my place. And um, among us friends, whenever we see somebody who looks very sick, we always ask, have you decided to, are you now in the ministry? <laughs> you look miserable or like that. So for us young people during those days, we never think of or even get involved into a ministry, or what they call uh, full-time, like that. And uh, although we are happy, we are all willing to serve the Lord, but every time we've been asked who wants to be a pastor, who wants to be in a full-time ministry, everyone look away from that, and we try to avoid or to respond to that. But uh, one thing I knew, you cannot run away from the call of God. Uh, if there is any young person here that the Lord has been calling you, you try to avoid the call of God. I've tried that many times, and I wasn't successful. <laughs> one day I was, uh, I remember one day I was in the bus with my bag, packed up my things, left the ministry. That was Sunday night. After a powerful preaching, that was Sunday night. And I said, oh Lord, I've been, I, 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 I'm tired of these things, and... Um, I want something else as a young person and I remember I was already in the bus and then I heard this voice now I rarely hear a voice but I heard this voice saying where are you going and I look around and said there's no one beside me in front of me behind me Ooh, where are you going so for the next few seconds I've been thinking about that and I was actually in my tears and I said Lord I get off the bus, go back again to the ministry. <laughs> and I've done that many times in different ways. But uh, you cannot really run away from the call of God because if God designed you to serve Him in that particular way, uh, that's where you, can, you will find fulfillment in life. That's where you will find the uh, completeness of your life. You'll be satisfied in there and you will get the joy of life in there. Because we have this idea when I was young that if I get involved in a church or in the ministry, I will never enjoy my youth life. And I was wrong because I found out that Christianity is not that boring. Church is not that boring. Actually, when I look at the Bible, especially the New Testament, I look at Jesus and I said, oh, this is the guy that I've been looking for. He said, he is cool. Huh? He's full of adventure. No, you, you, you look at the life of Jesus. He's not boring. He's unpredictable. You know, he does things that nobody expects him to do that. And he's the kind of Jesus. And when I was small, I was taught of a different kind of Jesus, which I thought, oh, this is uh, going to be a boring life or like that. But when I look at the Word of God, the Word of God, I saw a different Jesus in here. It's a Jesus that is full of life, um, full of adventure as a young person. 
And I can tell you, I enjoyed my youth life as a young Christian, and I enjoyed when I was 20s, 30s, and I'm now 52, and I'm still enjoying it. The same adventure that I got when I was in 20, 30, 40s. So if somebody comes to me and say, oh, serving God is boring, that's them, not me. <laughs> because I found out in a different way to serve God, how to enjoy to serve God. Uh, so that's uh, the first seven and a half years of my life. And then um, before I got to 28, I got married with my wife. She calls me her ex-boyfriend and <laughs> got married to her. And uh, it's a, I, don't, I don't want to get to the details of the story of that. But the, the first day we, we met, we actually did not get close or never been, become our friends or like that. But we're just, just part of the 250 young people in a, in a church. So it's so hard to really know somebody in that big crowd. And uh, I remember the last time I saw her is in her last year in the uni because she was going, coming to our church to study in the uni. Their province is about two or three hours drive from my province, so that's where he goes for church. And then after that, we, haven't, we did not see each other for the next five years. No, not heard of anything about from each other, no news at all. And then after five years, the Lord calls us to see each other again in a different way and then that's where we started to think about or oh, maybe not her but me said so maybe this is uh, the lord or the person that the lord prepared for me and when i'm about to go to new guinea for my bible college training i said before i go i should tell her so i was so excited when i was invited to their family picnic and when i'm about to say something to her and this is the most uh, clear message i've received from the lord with all my christian life and then the lord said shut up <laughs> <laughs> now this is my day before the flight leaving and i am so i have prepared what to say i planned for it i fasted and prayed and then the lord just tell me shut up so I carried this with me. I took it in New Guinea with some bit of hurts and bitterness. <laughs> I, I haven't said anything. But when I was in New Guinea, that thing became stronger, stronger and stronger. And then after finishing my training, I was asked, do you have a girlfriend or somebody? That's part of our training. We've been asked, What's your, what do you plan? Uh, what's your plan for the future? And I said, no, I haven't. I don't have anyone yet, and so they prayed for me. So in, to make the story short, when I came back home, uh, I went and talked to her, and then talked to his father, my father-in-law, and my father-in-law asked me a question. Now, my father-in-law is a tough guy. He is tough, and he is anti-Christian. <laughs> and here I'm, I am in the ministry. <laughs> making it worse for him to say something. And only one question he asked me, uh, can you look after my daughter? I don't know what to say because I just speak by faith. I said, yes. Can you look after her more than I look after her? And I said, yes. So through the process of that, uh, we, we got married a year after that. 
So we're now married for 24 years, and uh, this month will be our 25th uh, wedding anniversary. We're just starting, <laughs> learning about life. And we are a parent to two kids, both girls, 23 and 18. One is uh, last year just finished her psychology training, and the other one is still doing another more year at the uni. So this is my um, brief life story of us. So I was 19 when I started to serve the Lord, and then 27, or nearly 28, when I got married, and then uh, serving the Lord as a father, as a leader, as uh, I experienced also as a young man. So all these stages of life I went through in serving the Lord. I asked the Lord one day, and I said, Lord, why did you allow me to go through all of this? Uh, sometimes I said, oh, it's unfair. <laughs> Some people uh, started this time or that time, that time. But I understand now why, because the Lord is uh, uh, leading me to minister to people of different stages of life, especially those ones who are serving the Lord. Some are single person, some are young, some are married, young couples and families. And... Uh, I serve in, uh, as a helper, as a youth worker. But one thing I learned is that when the Lord calls you to do something, you need to be mindful of what He has called you to do for a long term. There are things that He has called us for a certain period of time, and after you have done that, next one, step, the next step. But there are things that God has called each one of us what to do, while you're still alive, in your whole life. What are those things that God is calling us to do in that area? And I have uh, recognized a few things in my life, uh, which the Lord has called me, which I believe this is my call. Uh, although it took me 15 years to really know what it is specifically. But uh, there are things that I, I have observed, learned, and uh, realized from the very beginning up to this time is still going on. These are the things that I did not uh, uh, lost or disappear in my life. They are always, always there. So one is in the area of, of training or equipping the believers, especially in, in, in the Word of God. That is one. And the second one is in encouraging the believers or empowering them, especially the young ones from where they are, from point A to point B. Like every one of every single person that comes my way who expressed the desire to serve the Lord, then I got an opportunity to help that person. Then uh, I have to go take them into a journey, the kind of a journey, to up to the time that they will be able to reach the full potential in serving the Lord. Uh, simply, even with young people, like I remember one day I was in a youth seminar, we call it youth seminar or youth convention, and I was asked by one of my pastor friends to speak in a, in a church. It's a, it's a youth training. So these are all singles, young people. I was there speaking, and then uh, while, while speaking to them, the Lord just called my attention to two particular people. Two particular people. 
on my right side is the young guy and on the left side is the young lady. And it took me about three or four sessions in that day. So in one of the sessions, the Lord spoke to me directly, very directly. He said, oh, this, this guy is the guy I'm preparing for, this lady. And in Philippines, if you do that, you need to do it, uh, number one, privately. <laughs> number two, you need a lot of confirmation to do that. Number three, you need to go through the process to do that. So it's a very, it's a scary thing to do something, to say something like that. And I didn't realize, I don't know about these two people. And then after the, during the break, I called two of them and I talked to them. I talked to the guy first, and then to the lady. And then after that, you know what happened? Uh, just, just to make the story short, uh, they ended up marrying because be, the guy has been praying for this lady and I was still single during that time and then the, the girl is praying for me. <laughs> but ministering in that, in that situation, in that environment, I learned that because that, that lady has been you know, praying for the Lord, he wants to serve the Lord, she wants, but I said, maybe there's a message here. So when I shared that message, so... They, they became a couple, they, they, they got married, and then became our friends, and then up to this time, they're leading a big ministry, a church, and for me, uh, the Lord used me and my wife and us in many occasions or events wherein we help young people in that, in that area, sometimes praying for them or preparing them or equipping them. Another thing that I learned is that the Lord called me in the area of training. Now, I'm just sharing this to help uh, some people who are thinking of serving the Lord and have been serving the Lord for a long time. And in this area of training, when I say training, it's not in a formal, traditional, conventional way of training. Sometimes it's just creating an environment for the people and just helping somebody. Now, uh, one day somebody asked me, how do you train leaders? How do you train people? I said, uh, depends. <laughs> depends. I don't, I don't have a method for that, although I stick to the biblical principles. Uh, actually, I remember one, one uh, situation wherein I was asked to share in a crusade. This is an open-air rally crusade. Uh, that was night in a very critical area. When we say critical area in the Philippines, something might happen. You just don't know what happened. And um, in that area, preaching the gospel is not very much welcome in that particular area. So the senior pastor there asked me to share the gospel in the night. So I share the gospel outdoor. This is outdoor. And then uh, suddenly I, I heard the uh, uh, some, some stones are flying here and there, big stones like this. And one of the stones nearly hit my head, so I, <laughs> I avoided like this. And I saw a, a guy at the back, you know, throwing a stones like that. And then I, I, I said, I prayed just a silent prayer. I stopped for a while, I prayed, and I said, Lord, um, I pray that, that this guy throwing a stone, because I, could, I cannot see him, he is in the dark, and I said, I pray that uh, for his salvation, for him to be saved, and secondly, 
don't just make him a Christian, make him your servant. So after several years, I went to Manila to attend a leaders convention. And then one guy came to me and he said, oh, Pastor, do you remember the time when you went to this place, speak in a, in a rally one night and somebody throwing a stone at you? And I said, yes. And then he said, I was that guy. And I look at him in the eye and I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> You're going to throw a stone again? <laughs> he actually said, sorry, Pastor, for what I've done. And uh, actually, I'm here to attend this leaders convention. And he's now a leader. He's now serving the Lord. So in, in, in some ways, sometimes, like we just sang the song, uh, your ways are perfect. And some ways of the Lord are hard to understand why, why He worked on those ways. And when I was leading the youth group, I went to one province for my training. Some, um, though I was already involved in the ministry, like to, to sustain ourselves, to support ourselves, we do part-time work uh, sometimes. So I went for a training. This is a kind of training to be trained to be a, a truck driver, you know, the big trucks. And uh, for me to do that, I need to stay in a, a rugged dormitory and spend three months there. So two, two persons on each room. So in my room, there's another guy who stayed there, who also doing a training. And uh, one night I asked him, Why, what, what, what's your purpose for this training? What do you want to become? Actually, he said, I'm not actually interested in driving a truck. I came here just to run away, escape from our place because I was so upset or angry with my dad because she, he, he allowed this lady missionary to stay in our place, use our house for missionary work. And uh, I'm so upset Actually, he, he is a member of, we call them a liquidation squad. He, he's a hitman. And he said, I, I have killed many people. And he showed me the list. I was shocked. And I saw my name on the next number on the last. I said, I'm just thinking, imagining. I said, I will be the next. <laughs> and he said, I, I, don't, I want to kill the missionary, the lady missionary. But because of my dad uh, opened his, uh, our house to her, that's, that keeps me from doing that. So for, instead of doing that, I run away from our home, and so I come here for this kind of training. And he never knew that I'm a Christian, and he's a communist. So we are there inside the room. And uh, the next night, I prayed hard. I was thinking, this is going to be my last night. <laughs> so we, we went for a walk, talking and talking, and then I took the risk, actually. I started to tell a story about my life and told him the story about who God is, how good God is, in, not in a traditional way, but in a different way, and presented Jesus to him in a different way. And then... He said, he looked at me in the eyes and he said, 
Why can't I run away from this? Wherever I go, there's always somebody who tells me about Jesus. And I said, I might be the last one. <laughs> so I told him, I'm ready to go to heaven. <laughs> and how about you? So we part ways after several weeks. And then after a few years, I met him again. His name is Dexter. And I said, how are you? And he, he told me the story, what happened. He went back to their place, uh, asked forgiveness from his father, asked forgiveness from the mission lady, single lady missionary, and then uh, uh, he accepted the Lord. And now he's pastoring the church right in their place with his wife, who used to be the lady missionary. And now leading the work in planting more churches. Okay. No, I, I, I was amazed because I cannot put God in a uniform way of, you know, doing this and doing that. He, he got lots of unexpected ways of doing things. Now, in, in, uh, in uh, the Philippines, like I've been involved in, in, in church planting, and we have... Uh, Several churches in, in, in the Philippines. Now we have 50, 55 churches, 35 uh, outreaches, and there were about uh, nine new churches on the, on the development states. So these are the updates about churches in the Philippines. And for us, training, training is very important because uh, church planting is not just a a project. I see it as a natural outflow or result of every church. Every local church that has life on it gives life to or express itself in missions or in planting another church. So serving God for me is, uh, is an adventure. It's uh, really challenging. And there's a verse in the Proverbs which says in Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision. Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision, the people uh, people wander aimlessly. They live aimlessly. Another translation says the people carelessly scatter their God-given talents ability and energies but he that keeps or obey the vision blessed is he or happy are them or happy is he now every every local church is uh, being looked at as part of the body of christ actually 20 times the church is called the body and uh, in every local church the lord has provided a Theologians call it a candlestick. They call it candlestick. Or in an ordinary person's uh, uh, words, we call it a purpose. God puts a purpose in every local church. So he's the head of the church who says, uh, I will build my church. So he's the owner of the church, and at the same time, he is the builder of the church. And in building his church, he uses people to be able to build his people also. 
So he uses leaders, he uses uh, key people to build up his church, to build his church. And in every local church, God sets, now this is in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, God sets, God arranges, God plays, God appointed. He, he's the one who plays. So the question will be, why am I in this local church? That's the first question. Like when I walk into the local church and being in that church for nearly a year, I ask this question, why am I in this local church? There are several other churches there. I should be there, I should be there. Why am I in this particular local church? Why did God uh, bring me in this particular local church? There must be something. There must be a reason. So we need, we need to ask this question, why are we in this particular local church. And if we are in a particular local church, part of the church, uh, we, are, we are a member of that local body of the church for a purpose. And uh, we are not there just to fill up some seats <laughs> or to come every Sunday to feel good. You know what I mean? I've done that before. <laughs> and we are not in there to just, you know, see how the program goes and join the program, be part of the program. There must be something uh, more than that, more than those things. So for me, every single person that is part of the local church, firstly, is special to the Lord. God looks at you as a very important part of the body. And every part of the body has a function. Every part of the body has a place. No other person can fill up your place. That's your place. And no other person can fulfill what God has put you there for. And that's the part whether you are young, you are a young person, a single guy, single lady, a parent, or an elderly. Every one of us has a part in that local church. I was telling a story this morning that when I was pastoring a church in Ligaspi, where some of you have been to Ligaspi, for, I pastored a church there for 12 years before I moved to Cebu, where I am based now. There's a guy that comes to church every Sunday, a young guy. Every time he comes, he's, he's, he always sits at the back. Now, I reserve the seats there for mothers. Those who have babies. But he always sits there. I said, you are not there. You're supposed to be there. But he, that's his favorite stop, uh, spot. And every time he's not around, everyone knew because that his seat is vacant. That's his favorite spot. And when he comes, he comes late. That's his favorite time. <laughs> <laughs> and after sitting there for maybe after 10 or 15 minutes, took off. Not took off, but went sleep. So I was there, you know, you, know, you, you know how it feels for a preacher, you know, you prayed, you, and then somebody, <laughs> he's in another planet. <laughs> What's going on? Everyone is praising the Lord, worshiping, touched by the Lord, but this guy is just a robot, like a robot, like this. And uh, I was uh, praying to the Lord and I, I felt like, okay, Lord, I just commit him to you. Whatever the purpose, why you brought him here, <laughs> whatever that purpose is, let it be. 
although I don't see any purpose, but in God's eyes, there must be something. There must be something. And so I left my province. I handed over the church to another pastor. And then after a few years, he disappeared. And I heard the news that he's no longer in the church. And uh, one day, he came back to the province looking for me. I wasn't there anymore. But he, he met my cousin, who is a pastor also, and he looking for me. Just So this cousin of mine contacted me. There's a guy here looking for you. And I said, what for? He said, when he mentioned the name, he said, yeah, I know him. <laughs> I know that guy. And he said, he just wanted to say thank you to you. Just want to say thank you to me. I said, well, thank you for what? For allowing him to sit in the church. I said, yeah, and also allowing him to sleep. <laughs> but he wants to thank me because now he is a pastor. He is serving the Lord. He's running a big church, uh, three Sunday services, one Sunday, and one of those services, more than 500 people. I was thinking, I said, Lord, this is unfair. <laughs> I've been working hard. I never had that kind of experience. Now you're giving him, you know, this big church, big ministry. He is becoming famous. And the Lord told me clearly, he said, that's your role. That's your role. Release people, provide an environment, Create an opportunity. That's what you have, I have called you for. And in the first few seconds, I cannot accept that. I really struggled. I said, it must be reverse. <laughs> it should be like that. But that's how, how it works sometimes. You know, when Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also. And greater than this, now, I like that if I'm the one doing the greater works. But if somebody doing it, it took me several years to accept that. But now I'm very happy to see you know, young people being released in the ministry, doing things far more greater than what I have done. Now, I, I was a church planter from the beginning up to this time. I'm still planting church. I was involved in, uh, directly involved in planting 27 churches, and I pioneered at least 25, another 25 myself. So I know what it is to start a work, to plant a church. But some other guys, like it took me quite several years, few years to plant one church, but for some other guys, it only took them several months. And these guys are are younger than me and uh, sometimes some of them are inexperienced <laughs> you know but the Lord just used them in, in, a, in a mighty way to, to do His work so for me I started to realize that to set God's vision in a local church you need to be mindful of who are the people inside the local church who are they what are they there for? I have a, an elderly woman uh, in, in the church. Actually, he, he's my, she's my prayer warrior from the beginning. Do you know, up to this time, she still prays for me. 
And if there is any other thing that I can think of, I will always think of her. She's like a grandma. You know, from the beginning, she started to pray for me. Up to this time, she's still praying for me. She's been doing that for more than 30 years. And I always remember her or honor her wherever I go. I said, I've been, I was able to uh, cope up things in the ministry because people prayed for me. And one of them is this old lady praying for me. So in, in that scripture which says, where there is no vision, we can take that to a different level, like every believer has to be a visionary. We need to be a visionary. Visionary means you foresee what, what's in the future. God shows you something. It may not be the full picture, but I uh, start with a glimpse of what God wants you to, to be, wants you to do. So you start in the Word of God, uh, especially young people. The Word of God says, how can a young man or a young person cleanse his way? In verse 9, Psalms 119 says, by holding on to his word. And then in Psalms 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Okay? Lamp to your present situation and light to your future. Two things. Immediate, where you are, and where you will be. So you need the word of God where you are and where you will be. So by doing that, you will understand how God works in your life. So He's preparing you today for what is to come. And uh, I believe every, every local church is full of God already filled us with potentials. All the potentials, the giftings, the talents, and I can add on even the resources needed in every local church God supplies. You, you know what I mean? God supplies. So every single person, every single one of us uh, is a part of that. We all have part in the body of Christ. So like if we read uh, Ephesians 4, now this is the traditional church that I, I, I have seen when I was a uh, new convert. I have seen somebody... Now, I've, I've done this before also, like, you are the pastor, you do all things, you know, when you started the work. Uh, when I started the work in the ministry, I, do, I did an opening prayer, play the guitar, <laughs> leading courses, do the preaching, and uh, pray for people, uh, clean up the church, set up the church. It's okay if you are pioneering or you're starting the work. But if you've been doing that for five years, seven years, that's a different story. Now, in, uh, in my early beginnings in, in the church, that's what I've been doing. And until I come to the page in the Bible which says, and God gave some apostles, some prophets and teachers, uh, and pastors and teachers to equip, to empower, to equip the saints, to prepare God's people, for them to do the ministry. So my way of thinking went reverse. And I said, okay, my role will be equipper. And these people will be ministers. Because I used to be doing all the ministering. And uh, like equipping just few. Okay. So in everybody, 
of Christ in every local church, there's like the leadership teams, they are the equippers. Like I come here to speak, I'm part of equipping. But the doing of ministering, reaching out for people, you know, praying for people, even performing signs and wonders and miracles, they're all, um, they all given by the Lord to the whole body. To the whole body. And sometimes it's funny. Like some people, I work with the tribal people also. Like they don't speak English. Uh, they don't read. They don't write. So the only way for them to learn is to observe somebody. So one day the pastor came, prayed for the sick. And this pastor prayed in English, in the mighty name of Jesus, like that. Cast out devils, pray for the sick, and then get healed. And one day the pastor did not turn up. So there were, so, there were several people who were very sick. So this person, how will I, how will I pray for the sick? He said, oh, I, they, they've, been, they've been arguing, discussing, oh, this is how the way the pastor did it. Yeah, but it's in English. How will I do that? <laughs> so, actually, this is what he said. You know, when he, when he heard the pastor uh, in Jesus' mighty name, he misheard it. He said, in Jesus' uh, vitamins. You know, vitamins? Yeah. That's what he said. You know what happened? Healing took place. God honors the faith of the tribal person who doesn't know how to read, doesn't know how to write, doesn't know how to speak English, but her heart is to see the sick people get healed. So he tried to copy the leader, but he's not around, so he was pressed or pressured to do something. So that's what he did. But healing took place. But one thing I know, the pastor was not around, but the Lord was there. He was there. And he loved this guy who mentioned his name, believed on his name, and prayed for the sick on his name. So the Lord responded to his faith. So miracle took place. And sometimes we try to do things, Lord, I want, uh, uh, I want to see I believe on this. We want miracle right away. But some of the miracles took place when you are not around as a leader. I went to one island and this father was crying, brought his 11-year-old uh, uh, kid. This kid was born uh, lame, one of his legs. So he cannot walk properly. He always needs some assistance or guidance. So he asked me to pray for the kid. I prayed for the kid. Believe everything I learned, nothing happened. <laughs> so I was so disappointed, I left. I said, okay, I will pray again when I come back. I promised the father. But the following week, the father testified and he said, after you've gone, I look for my boy. And I ran around the village, I didn't see him. Because after you've gone, he stood right on his feet, jumped up and down, and ran all over the village, 
because God healed him. I was not there, but Jesus stayed on. He stayed on there. So, uh, when we do things like ministry inside or outside the church, now, our role as leaders, the pastors and the leaders, our role is to equip God's people. And uh, we are being evaluated not on the basis of our accomplishment, but on the basis of how much the people grow, mature, and multiply under our leadership. And that's our role. And for me, the way I see it is like, this church is full of potentials. I can see that in the spirit. This church is full of potentials. And it will mean lots of possibilities to take place. And the Lord has provided pathways already. And it's up to us whether to take the step or not. So we have, we have that choice whether to respond. Because where there is no vision, um, the people wander aimlessly, carelessly scatter their God-given talents, abilities, and energies. But blessed is he who keeps the law, or who keeps the vision. It's so easy to have a vision, but to carry on with that vision, to maintain that vision, to keep that vision is another story. That's another task. So I would like to encourage this local church to hold on to what the Lord has called you to do. And the progress that you have, hold on to that as well. And you may not be a church always on the, you know, we call it in the Philippines, uh, front page, <laughs> front line. But remember, God sees you. He is here. And he knows everything that you do for him. He knows that. And God will honor that. And you, may, you might be like the church in Colossus. No one take notice of them. Do you know that's the only city not mentioned in the book of Acts? It's not a church planted by a great apostle. It was not planted by Paul. It was planted by just a simple man named Ephapras. And yet in that book, you will read how, how they impacted the world during their times. How the gospel has spread during their times. Just a simple local church in a countryside and yet made a great impact globally. So my encouragement is that you, you can be more than that. Church, not Colossus, but Colac. <laughs> Colac Church. Uh, Every time I, I, I remember your, your, the name of your church, actually the place, I remember of the church of Golak, how they impacted the world. And this church is going to have a, this church, I'm sure, has a, a special place in the time of the harvest. In the time of the harvest. I believe that. Seriously. I've been sensing that even when I walk in the other day here in this place. I was challenged by the question, is there any good thing comes out of Nazareth? Is there any good thing comes out of Golak? Yes. And that's you. 
You are the good things that comes out from Colac. And God, we're gonna, gonna use you. And to end with this, sometimes there are some fears, unwillingness in us, hesitancy. And we, we have been uh, confronted by what I call Jopa experience. You know what Jopa experience is? When the Lord told Jonah, you go to Nineveh, and he went somewhere else. Where did he go? Tarsus. <laughs> and that happened right there in the place of Joppa. He was unwilling to do what God told him to do. And that story has been repeated, actually. After 800 years, another guy by the name of Peter in the book of Acts, in the same place called Joppa, the Lord said, receive the Gentiles. And then Peter said, no, I cannot receive unclean things like that. And he was so unwilling as well. He was so unwilling. And in the early church, they took them 20 years to really recognize that God's heart is to reach out for nations. And for us, we don't need 20 years. We are already on the move. Amen? We're already on the move. So thank the Lord for this local church. And uh, this, it's my prayer that this church will continue to be used by the Lord in a mighty way in this nation and beyond. Praise God. Thank you very much. Amen. God, God help us to see that the plans and purposes He has for us each day. Um, I just wonder this morning if there's anyone this morning would like prayer. Maybe you've, you just need some encouragement in, in your work, in your walk, your, your work, your, your, your purpose. Uh, that Pastor Alan and maybe some others can come and pray with you as well. Uh, we're going to finish with a song. We're going to thank God for His love for us, His plans, His purpose, His, His grace that He would choose to use us even though we, we stumble, we fall. Um, he even uses those who fall asleep in the pew. Maybe this morning you fell asleep, but God wants to use you. <laughs> this morning, if you'd like prayer, if you just want someone to come and pray, uh, to stand with you as you, as you pray, uh, to be encouraged, um, let's, let's just respond now. Uh, let's just praise God for his, his goodness and His grace, His mercy, and His plans to use you and I. Let's stand and let's, let's thank God for what He's done for us.